Hey everybody, I'm Brooke and I sobered up August 2nd, 2016. Hi friends, I'm Suzanne and I sobered up December 19th, 1991. Together we got a lot of recovery and we host Seek Purpose, the podcast. Seek Purpose is a community that supports recovery, healing, and spiritual growth. We believe that sharing our stories can greatly impact our communities and collective action can impact the world. So stop scrolling and start listening, will ya? Okay, awesome. Okay. Hey everybody, I'm Brooke. Hi friends, I'm Suzanne. Hi, and I'm Melanie. And this is Seek Purpose, the podcast, coming to you on Zoom with a very special guest, Serge. We're so happy to have you here. Hi guys, Serge Jaswell, grateful to be here. Thank you. Great on. So why don't you um, just introduce yourself to people who listen to our podcast that might not know who you are. Tell us a little bit about you. Sure. Hi guys, I'm Serge. Um... Yeah, I'm coming on the podcast today to talk about a group that I've started called the Conscious Brotherhood. Uh, it's a men's circle support group, spiritual growth group. Uh, this is work that I've been doing for, I'm going to say, honestly, probably about the last eight years of my life. Yeah, no, I'm just grateful to be here. and I'm excited. Awesome. We are so excited to have you. And uh, I love uh, the fact that you have come on and giving a male's perspective of a field that generally speaking we think are mostly women predominant right and uh right really want to be able to get to how you found your purpose through your recovery journey and in order for our listeners to really connect and kind of identify in um you know what you've gone through are you able to tell us a little bit about your story like the beginnings of course yeah yeah um yeah it was interesting i've always had a real connection with spirit with god uh, even when I was drinking and using, I don't know, like I grew up in a household where my dad would have like Wayne Dyer books all over the place. And just like, it was, it was just like, it was like a, a known thing in my house, right? Like these like self-help books and stuff like that. And I remember when I started to drink and use and it got pretty bad. I mean, it was always kind of crazy, but when I really started to notice and it really started to affect my life uh, heavily, I started to read a lot of these books and I started to want to try to fix my problem. So I went, okay, man, you know, I'm dealing with all this stuff. I mean, you know, what do I got to do? Right. I go months and months without drinking and I try to read spiritual help books. I go to the gym, just like many of us do, right. Just switch it up. Okay. I'm just gonna go to the gym every day, stay home, watch movies, and then read these books and do this meditation, this prayer. And I started to have some real experiences from that, but they, they didn't really last. Right. Like, I mean, drinking and using took over pretty heavy and it was around the age of 27 I remember is when it really started to get crazy. I started getting caught for a lot of the things that I was doing. Uh, and it, it, you just couldn't hide it anymore, right? I'd rather be alone drinking and using. I'd rather be alone doing my thing and not be around people for that long. I have shakes. I just start feeling weird. Uh, and that was weird for me too, because I'm like a social butterfly, right? I love going out and people are like, man, Serge, you're great. You love being out with people and stuff. Uh, that drastically started to shift. And I remember it was actually a real big God shot, man. Cause I had gotten caught for, you know, I had like stolen some money from my parents and like, like just like had like a crazy night. And I remember my dad, I'll never forget this conversation. Cause he came in the room and I was scared. Cause I'm like, Oh man, he's going to yell at me. Right. Like he's going to freak out at me. I'm living at home with my folks at the time. And it was different. Cause he didn't come in and yell at me. He asked me, and I'm going to get emotional talking about it, but he asked, you know, like, what can I do to help? You know? And that was different. That was different for me because I was like, whoa, right? Like I'm sitting downstairs scared shitless and like just coming down off some stuff. And, and he's there, right? And just like, do you need help? 
And I remember that really switched things for me. Um, and sure enough, I mean, I didn't stop my drinking and using, right? Like frothy emotional appeal, as it says in the book, it's beautiful stuff. And it was heartfelt. And I really wanted to quit just like so many of us did. Uh, but went right back to my best friend, right? Which were the drugs, alcohol, and other things. And I just remember there was a real big God shot. Cause again, I had done just one of these crazy nights and my dad, he fixes photocopiers for a living. And I remember he said he was driving that day and he was just asking himself, you know, what can I do to help my son, right? His prayer in his own way. What can I do to help my son? And that day he got called pay office to fix a photocopier. And he talked to some people. I know it's like that. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Wow. He got called there. Yeah. Amazing story, right? He got called there uh, and he came home with some pamphlets and I, I remember seeing it. I'm going, okay, yeah, I can do this, right? I've seen this in movies. I've seen actors too. I, I know like this is possible. This is something I can do. And I'm after myself in the community, right? So I remember like, I've always like, you know, it was funny. This stuff was always in my knowing. I've heard of my friends getting sober and stuff like that. Um, and I remember just being, you know, this was years ago now, but being young and just being like, okay, yeah, I can do this. Right. And I came to the rooms and I remember, man, I shared from my first meeting and it just felt so beautiful. Everybody was so kind, so loving. Y'all came up to me afterwards, right. To give me their numbers. And I shared from my heart, right. Cause I was ready. I was just like, man, I'm just, I'm broken. I'm like absolutely broken. Um, and I remember, man, I went to meetings for like three weeks and it was great. I'm sharing, talking, you know what I mean? I love it. Like, it's just, I feel, I feel alive. And then people start talking about steps and all this other shit you got to do. And I'm like, ah, these guys are out to get me. And I run away. <laughs> I'm out again. Right. I'm like, forget this. I can do this a different way. Right. And these, you know, I'll get into it later. Cause like the, these things that I was doing have so informed my spiritual growth in my life right now. But at the time I just like, I don't want to do it that way. I'm going to do it this way. You know, do you have I mean? the like, cases of the uniqueness? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Like I'm better. Right. Like there's no way like, and it's funny. Cause like that was a really big part of my recovery too, that I'll get to, but like, you know, seeing everybody and going, Oh, these guys are different, man. These guys, are, this meeting's wrong. Right. I gotta go to the meeting in the good part of town. I gotta go to the meeting over here. Or I gotta find these people. And, and I just remember finally, I actually did a exercise at an acting class where we we're supposed to just come up and we're supposed to share a story or something from our heart right in our own way in our own artistic way and i wrote a letter from myself from the future to me and it was a it was a beautiful letter it said don't give up and you're going to get through this thing and all this stuff right it was it was like this channeled letter now looking back i can see that right but at the time i shared it with this group of people these guys were my brothers and sisters uh and i had total resolve i did that thing and like there was so much love given i'm like i'm not gonna drink or use ever again right just not gonna do it like I, I did this i feel great and a week went by and after next after the week after class i went home and i got some drugs and i got some alcohol and i had done nothing compared to what i had done before right like nothing i had gotten caught for way worse things i do remember i was thinking about stealing money and i wasn't able to and I remember coming back downstairs and I woke up the next morning, man, and I was completely destroyed. It was that emotional bottom. I was like, holy shit. I said I wasn't going to do these things again. And I did these things again or try to do these things again. And I couldn't look anybody in the eye. I couldn't look my mother in the eye. I remember when we were talking, it was just like a new level of brokenness. And I went for a walk on Como Lake. And I went and I went sat next to the lake and I sat down and I bowed my head. And I said, God, I am, I have no idea what I'm doing and I'm completely powerless over my drug of choice, which is alcohol and cocaine or sorry, <laughs> reverse that, but kind of the same thing. Right. Yeah. And I said, and I need help. 
And I remember I was really asking that time, right? Like I'm powerless and I need help. And there's something about saying the cocaine with it that really changed a lot of things. So I was trying to do the whole, oh, I can do one without the other thing and all this other stuff. But it was just got, absolutely you got, asking. You got, you got sober and you were sober when you were taking that class and something happened yes. from that time yes. left until you went home. What, what do you think happened? Like for the listeners that are out there that are maybe in that place that they think they're all okay and they had that moment and then next thing you know, the thought comes. Like what, what happened from that drive from... It's, it's amazing because like doing the work that I've done now, just like the, the self-healing work and the healing of trauma and the importance of healing from trauma, A, I did not have a solution, right? I had this, I had this want that we all have that I'm, I'm saying to everybody at home, I know you have it, right? Like if you are already asking yourself, why am I drinking so much? Why am I using so much? You already have that want because you're a good person. We're all good people. Everybody that's drinking or using is a good person. We all want to do the things that we're doing, right? And if you convince yourself you do, don't worry. Soon that'll get broken too because I had that convincing myself period. Well, I was like, okay, no, I want to do these things, right? I want to drink and use. And then you don't. I didn't have a solution. I didn't have a solution because I had no idea what I was dealing with. You couldn't have told me at the time because I just wasn't this self-aware that the drugs and alcohol was actually my best friend and my solution. It took care of so much shit for me in the moments that I was high and drunk. It's just that it stopped working. It stopped working. It actually made things worse. And that's when I started to recognize those things, right? So coming into the rooms, I think that that period, right? Like, especially that period, that aha moment, it was like this huge thing that I needed, but there just needed to be work done and there wasn't any work being done, right? There was just hope that that would be enough and I could move on from it. And I do hear about people having those moments and they're fine. And I know our book talks about hard drinkers versus the real, you know, person dealing with addiction and stuff like that. Um, so I'm not going to say one is like, that won't work for somebody. It may work for somebody. But for me, I know that there was just a lot more work that needed to be done in order for me to, to hold on to that sobriety. And I, you know, I, I had to learn that the hard way, I guess. <laughs> How, how do you um, help, you know, you mentioned a lot about your dad and he was really yes. instrumental in, in you getting the help that you uh, needed and uh, ultimately God obviously working through your dad <laughs> yeah. and delivering that message. Um, how, how are things with your family? Because here at Seek Purpose, we also obviously have our own journeys, but we really like to talk about the whole family unit because it is an issue that the whole family deals with, obviously. Big time. And how, yeah. you know, that, that obviously I you know, your dad's not here to speak for himself, but that relationship today look like? It's about a million times better. Like the amount of healing work that's happened. I mean, it's obviously like, it's, it's so much better, right? I'm able to connect with them. I'm able to talk to them. I've told them stories of my past of traumas that I've gone through and it's helped us connect on a deeper level for people not to understand why you are the way you are is very confusing, especially for your loved ones. And it doesn't make a lot of sense, right? It just doesn't make a lot of sense because you are a good person. Like I'm a good person, right? We're all good people. And we shine that light. We have that light shining all the time. It's just then we go back and we do these other things. So I've noticed that that, the connection, the connection is stronger and it's truer, right? There's more of a, a trust and a faith with my family, which is really nice. You think your family that notices your authenticity, I'm guessing, is like, you know, when you get sober, there's something that's authentic when we really do put ourselves into the work and we are starting to live a solution that somehow resonates um, through us and our family right. somehow figure that out. 
don't they? Opposed to getting that feeling and they're looking at you sideways going, ah. Oh yeah, big time, man. Yeah, like the level, yeah, like they, they notice changes more than anybody too, right? Like they're able to kind of, I mean, the connection that I have with my dad today is huge. Like, you know, he's one of my best friends. I talk to him all the time. We're able to like connect and speak to each other. I'm not just always asking for help. I mean, I ask for help sometimes still, but like, you know, not always asking for help. Like it's, <laughs> it's more of, um, it's a stronger bond, right? Really stronger bond. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed a huge shift in that. Yeah. I'd yeah. Authenticity. Know, I like that word too. Yeah. I'd love to yeah. know more about how your spiritual experience was like what was the first time you really felt that shift that where you're like okay i'm not going back i really do want to be in this i want to do the work what was that like for you that was the amazing part so at como lake where i did bow my head and i asked for help it was like um i it was like an energy beam just shot through my entire body i literally all the noise stopped in my head i could hear a pin drop on the other side of the lake I could feel the trees. Like I was walking around and I could feel the energy of mother earth. Like it was a profound spiritual experience. And I was like, Oh, I'm never going to drink again. <laughs> just like, I just had this feeling like, I was just like, Oh no, like I'm ready. I'm ready to do this thing. Right. Like I'm ready to work through this. And I remember I went home or actually I went to McDonald's and I got an Oreo McFlurry and I went home and I just walked up to my sister's bedroom. We were also living at the same house at the time. And I knocked on her door and I just said, Hey, <laughs> She's like, hi. And, you know, they were, she was feeling a little weird too, right? Like a family was strained from all the, all the stuff that was going on. And then we sat downstairs and we talked. I said, yeah, no, I'm, I'm ready. Like, I'm not going to drink again. And that was the day I went in and I remember talking. It was just this knowing, I don't know, like um, this energetic field of knowing that I tapped into. It was just like this moment, right? When I really asked for help. I think that was the moment when we're really ready to ask for help. I felt like I knew God. I felt like, okay, God, you know, we got this thing going on. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like it was like almost, it was there and it wasn't all superficial, but that really shattered the superficialness of it, right? Like I was really asking mm. and miracles started to happen from that day on, from that moment forward. It was like a major shift in my life. Do you have any days now where you're feeling spiritually unfit? Oh yeah, man. Definitely. Yeah. What day and how do you, Probably. how do you, just like two hours ago. How do you cope with that? <laughs> What do you do? How do you cope uh, with that? I'm a lot better than I used to be. I've been going. So for me, fear has been a big thing I've been working through for the last little bit. It's been uh, for the last little bit my whole life. But really, things have been coming to the surface as of late that I've really had to start to take a look at, right? Like this, um, the fear of uh, not wanting to be alone. And uh, I'll go deeper into it later. But I did start doing some work around some trauma that happened from childhood uh that had been brought to my awareness that I really didn't even understand and when I went to go start seeing somebody for that luckily she was a beautiful counselor who does spiritual work herself and we started to work through these things uh it did bring up a lot of stuff that I had been stuffing down um I'm I'm really and I think a lot of us probably are if we're you know if we're using drugs and alcohol really good at like just like pushing through things right and pushing through things and pushing through things i'm gonna be okay i'm gonna be okay i'm gonna be okay and i like exhausted myself out of that probably these last couple of years until i went and saw this person and got this help that i needed and finally understood what was going on right they're like yeah this is what happens when this sort of stuff happens or you know the years of drug use and all this other stuff so lately the best thing I've done and kept it super simple and I'm having miracles happening in my life right now are simple, simple prayers. God, please be with me during this time, putting my hand on my heart, right? Mm -hmm. 
trusting, saying thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and a real amazing thing that thanks to talking to my sponsor and other people, I've just been doing the quick prayer in the morning of, you know, God, please direct my thinking, right? I say to spirit, right? I say, I give my mind to you, direct my thinking, you know, please, could I be divorced from selfishness, self-centeredness, self-seeking, uh, and dishonest motives. I really like those words too. Uh, I am also learning that there is a healthy selfishness, uh, this thing called self-care and stuff like that. So it's not all, you know, one way bad or not. Um, but yeah, there's just like little things that I'm starting to do and trusting the process, trusting the process more, right? I kind of got to a place where I was trying to hammer my way through everything. And the more I've just kind of relaxed and kept it very simple with prayer and meditation, prayer and meditation and helping others which has been something I love to do. I feel like it's easy for me to help others. The hard part for me was to trust, was to trust. And so the, the way I'm working my way, at least this is my experience right now, the way I'm growing my trust is through prayer and meditation and taking things just one day at a time, very simply. You've talked about uh, the trauma and uh, I'm sure and many of us can relate to different degrees of trauma um, right. in our childhoods and how part, how much that plays in, you know, the purpose of why we actually pick up because we don't want to feel those feelings. Yes. And then into healing as you're talking about when I started going to um, treatment and healing that I always figured, oh, well, after I do my 10 sessions or my six sessions, I'm going to be all good. Right. Yes. <laughs> um, and, and a lot, a lot of us think that, but, uh, how, how do you handle going through all that work? Is there th certain things that are still coming up that are triggering and what do you do when those things come up to prevent you from going to that dark place again? Dude, things come up all the time. And like, I totally hear you on that, right? Like once I do these six things or once I do this Reiki class, once I do this, boom, I'm good. Cause you come out of those things booming, right? Like, especially me, I have these massive spiritual experiences and I'm like, ah, I'm awesome. Right. I'm floating. Here we go. Uh, it's the grounding of it and the integration that I'm learning about is the important part, right? Allowing these experiences to happen and then being able to go about your day grounded taking care of the things you need to take care of. And that's when I notice what you're talking about comes up, right? Like those, those little triggers, those little moments. And those are the moments that it's most important to stay connected to, for me, spirit, right? To, to God, to a higher power. Because when I'm connected in those moments, I'm okay. Uh, it doesn't mean that I don't feel them. And that's something that I've actually learned this last little bit. Your feelings just want to be felt. It's okay if you're feeling a way that you don't want to feel or that you feel other people or you don't want other people to see you feeling. That was a hard thing for me, man, because I, the self-love thing, right? I'm just learning about it now. I thought the self-love was all like, you know, gratitude lists and stuff like that. And it is, but it's also being able to sit with the shit. And so, sorry, I'm not sure if I want to say that on here, but <laughs> uh, being able to sit with the stuff right and be like oh man and that's a lot of work actually i do with my men's circle too we do a lot of uh shadow integration we call it so here i am i'm feeling great i'm feeling like this i'm feeling like this okay so what's the shadow aspect about that well i'm actually you know this is the shadow is that i'm feeling like you know angry or i'm feeling you know like this i'm feeling aggressive towards you know this situation or um whatever words you want to use that come up, right? Like certain things that we just don't want to accept that are in us and that we don't want to feel and that we try to kind of dodge away from. Uh, I've learned this last little bit. The important thing is to really accept those things and to welcome them in 
which has been really hard, man. Like it's a hard thing for me to even say still, but it's something I'm practicing. You know, it's like, if I'm feeling anxiety, okay, wow. Welcome anxiety. Welcome. Welcome. You're a part of this. What are you here to show me? Right. Cause I've been trying to dodge that stuff for so long, all my stuff, like all the shadow stuff. I don't want to take a look at it. I don't want to take a look at it. Uh, and then it's important again, not to get stuck in it. So, okay. I accept it. It's here. What do I want to do now? What do I want to do now? And our program gives us good things, right? We can go and help people, uh, go talk to someone, go spend time in nature, go for a walk, something to raise my vibrations up a little bit. Yeah, I think that's a really important distinction because I feel mm-hmm. it's really hard when, we, when we're when we learning how to feel feelings and dealing with all this stuff because you don't want to get into like self-pity and mm-hmm. you don't want to get into like indulging in the feelings and stuff and giving them momentum when they're right. peaceful. <laughs> but then it's you a hard line. Kind of like stuff them down and forget they're there and pretend you're happy all the time. So yeah, it's like figuring out that balance and, you know, allowing yourself to feel something without like perpetuating it and giving it momentum and like feeding into it. Yeah. I learned how to do this little thing. When this thing comes up, I kind of do this with my eye. <laughs> Come on, let's go. You know what I mean? Like I'll give it a little tug. I'm like, here you are. All right, here we go. Right. So just to, just to let it know who's in charge, just to let it know, okay, you're here. I totally love you and accept you, but we're going to go this way with it. Yeah. I, it's like a dance, man. Cause I did that too. I, I, I started to do this work and then I was just, I noticed a lot of times I was just sitting in my stuff because I was like, okay, I'm just going to feel this until it goes away. And then I'm, I'm going to feel this until it goes away. And I'm like literally sitting in my apartment. I'm just going to feel this until it goes away. It doesn't go away because all I'm doing is just sitting there focusing on it, giving it all my attention. And that's it, right? And just trying to like literally just try to hammer my way through it, which is a lot of what I was talking about doing before, just kind of shifting, right? But I found, um, yeah, like a healthy way of going, okay, I welcome you in, right? Here you are. I'm feeling this. You can't dodge it there's no point in trying to dodge something because that's the same as actually just putting all of your attention on it. Cause now all your attention is put on how am I going to dodge this thing? Mm-hmm. But by accepting it and just moving through it, right. These are little words that I've, people have been telling me for years, you know, friends, counselors, and I've been reading in books, but the experience of it is actually helping a lot. I mean, I'm nervous about coming on the podcast today. Oh, mm-hmm. welcome nervousness, right? Like it's awesome. And it's just amazing the flow that happens all of a sudden from that. Cause then you jump in and you do it and it's just like exciting. And like, now it's, you kind of feel like all of you is here, mm-hmm. I guess is the best way to say it, right? All of you is here. You're not trying to hide aspects of yourself. And then also the importance behind that is discernment. Just because I'm feeling a certain way, it doesn't mean I have to go out telling everybody, right? I can call my sponsor, I can talk to him, but not everybody needs to know, right? Like, it's just, this is about me accepting how I'm feeling. And you can talk to people still and, and go about your day. That was another big thing for me too. Actually, I didn't have I to uh, sulk. I wanted to ask you a question, or actually not a question, maybe just more for, again, our listeners, because it's a men's healing circle. Yeah, uh, going on uh, White Lotus. <laughs> yeah, uh, of course. Again, going back to the same thing as I said in the beginning of the podcast is about how it's all women and and men. You know, we think of men as being strong, and you know, um, obviously you're just as got emotions going on too, and you're you have are what's the word um, sensitive? Yeah, sensitive. So I want to know for our listeners what do they expect? I mean, some men might be listening right now. We do have men listening. And they're thinking, okay, I'm gonna go to a men's circle. Like what, like, I'm thinking what my husband's gonna say, like, what the hell is that? I mean, what am I gonna do? Go around and sing Kumbaya? Like, what, what, <laughs> like, of course, the fear of the unknown is always prevents us from getting the help that we desperately need. So maybe you can shine a light on exactly what, 
would be expected if someone came to one of your healing circles? I would love to sing Kumbaya. I think it's a beautiful song. It probably has got a lot of high vibrancy with it. Uh, we haven't done it yet, though. So when you come to our group, um, and I can just kind of give you the spiel, but I'll give you more examples, right? So yeah. if someone new comes to our group, say they're going through something like a divorce or they're going through, you know, like, like oh, man, I hate my life, like, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, we'll start off the group with a meditation where we can connect with spirit and we connect with mother earth. So we'll do a quick grounding meditation as well as some activities, depending on the group and what they're going through. I'll have different sorts of things to help just raise our vibrations up. Right. Uh, and then we'll do a check-in so everyone can share about what they're going through. And this time I actually tell everybody, um, that this is the time to kind of bring your stuff to the group. This is a safe place for you guys to share exactly what you're going through. And if you have something specific you want to work on, this is the time to bring it up. So you can share about your week. If it's an amazing week, please share that with us because we need that too, right? But if you're going through something, this is the time to bring it up so that we can work through it together. Uh, I also tell people the most important thing is that said here stays here. Uh, the only times that we will ever break those uh, rules is if you're going to do harm to yourself or to somebody else. So if you're coming in, it is a safe space to come in and talk about if you are feeling, you know, suicidal thoughts and stuff. This is a safe place to come to do that and to talk about it. We don't want to shut anybody off. They just got to know that in those moments, we will, you know, have to sit and have a conversation with them. And if we feel it's going to go further, we'll have to talk to someone as well as if, you know, they're feeling anger towards someone else. Again, a safe place to come to and talk about that. If we feel you're actually going to do something, we're going to pull you aside, have a conversation with you. And uh, if we feel it's going to go further, we'll have to talk to someone. But either way, bring your stuff to the group, and then we'll go through certain activities and processes to help you work through those. So just trying to think of a specific example. A big thing for men is purpose. Uh, feeling like they're not having a purpose in life. So if someone comes to the group, like we've had in the past, right, they're feeling a little frazzled, they don't know exactly what to do moving forward. Uh, we'll do simple exercises like a diet exercise where I'll ask a question to them. They'll answer the question fully. They'll, answer, they'll ask me the exact same question back. And we'll continue this process of asking the exact same question over and over again. And like layers of an onion, you kind of unpeel what's really going on for somebody to get to the root of someone's true essence and what they want. Uh, so the question may be, you know, what's your deepest desire in life? And you'll just answer the question from an authentic place in the moment. And it's a real experience, right? That might be one. Another one that we actually might do is that we might stand in front of each other and ask um, certain driven, challenging questions. So what are you doing in your life right now? What's not fitting for you? What do you want to do moving forward? And I know these sound like really simple things to do, but actually doing these processes help us to understand what we truly want to do in our lives. The biggest thing from there is putting them into action. So once you learn something about yourself, you actually want to go, okay, no, I understand these things about myself. I'm going to go put them into action. So that'll be the next part of the process. We'll work through certain activities and stuff like that to help you put these things into action. What are you going to do? And a big thing for men too is holding each other accountable. So you say you're going to do something, we want you to bring it back to the group and let us know if you did it. If you didn't do it, we love you either way, but we'll hold you accountable to it and ask you why you didn't do it. You know, a lot of people are in support. This doesn't replace that. Is this in combination with this? This is in combination with, yeah, anything that we do in that room. And like, that was just one thing that I mentioned, right? We do several other processes and there's just so many that but I won't get into every single one of them, but depending on what people are going through, the process just helps you have understanding of where you're at. 
And it also helps you to understand your true self, right? Depending on what we're doing, whether it be, you know, a self-love process or if it's, uh, you know, accepting of your shadow aspects process. We have processes for that too. Um, these are things just to help you understand where you're at and to take action moving forward. So this is like, um, yeah, it's not like a solve all kind of thing, right? This is just a safe place to come to with your issues and then to get some help around those issues. But yeah, it's just a piece of the puzzle, a piece of the puzzle. Like it's a piece of my puzzle even too, right? And I'm, I'm running the show on that one. So it, it depends. Mm. So how did you I should say guidance is running the show on that one, but I'm there and I'm, I'm full tilt in it. <laughs> right. So what inspired this for you, this work for you and, and like, what gave you this purpose? Oh my God, man. Love, like love, love just comes out. When you ask me that question, love, like I absolutely just love, I love people. I've always wanted to help people. The hardest thing for me guys has been to want to help myself right? To love myself. And that's something that I've actually started to learn about. But the easy thing for me has always been wanting to go out and to help people. Um, I've been very fortunate because I've gone out and learned a lot of these like, you know, different techniques and stuff like that. Some of them just come through, right? Through, through guidance and just through intuition. Cause I don't know, it's something inside of me. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I ever just had like, uh, Oh, I want to do this. I do remember once in my life, when I was a kid, my cousin asked me, what do I want to do? And there was a Tony Robbins show on, like, you know, when they used to sell tapes on TV, like VHSs, like Tony Robbins, I'm like, I want to do that. Mm. And I knew then when I was a kid, like, that's what I want to do. And my cousin said, okay, you can go do that. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so I always knew from a young age, this is something that I wanted to do, right? I wanted to help people. I wanted to work with people. And I just wanted to, to, you know, give my heart and then helping people. So do you feel like, I know you're an actor as well. Do you think yes. there's a part in your ability to get in touch with your body and your feelings and your emotions and like connecting that to what's going on in your head and grounding yourself and, you know, bringing that stuff out? Do you think your training yeah. and has helped with that? Big time, actually. It was something I was thinking about when Suzanne said it. Like she said that men are, you know, don't typically, like they're supposed to be strong so they don't feel these things. I always felt strong when I was feeling these things. Mm. Right. Like I felt in my power when I was in my um, sorry, guys, cut out a little bit. I was in my power when I was in these true raw moments of my emotions and my feelings and my my authenticity. Right. Because that's what acting, you know, demanded of me. And it's something that I always loved. Like when I trained it, I was just like, man, it's the moment. Right. It's the truth. It's like the the I guess the authenticity of the moment. Um, so, yeah, I always found my power in that. And I never. Yeah, even being emotional and stuff like that has always been really easy for me. Um, and acting is kind of weird because it kind of goes where like you, you, you give it to a character, right? And you start to do it that way. The big thing that I've learned from the men's circle is this, that it is still powerful for me when I'm just being me, when I'm being Sir Sting Jaswal, right? When I'm being in the moment with somebody and giving them all of me. That's a powerful moment for me. So yeah, acting definitely, definitely um, to help me to discover that in myself. I think it's just so important. And again, going back to, you know, how your journey has brought you to this and being able to, you know, give a voice to men <laughs> out there, yeah. that, you know, in, in, in this type of healing to be able to be, Hey, it's okay to have emotions on the, you know, and take yes. classes and uh, you know, a lot of men obviously heal and they journey and it seems to be more in isolation actually, opposed to going to a group and going to a class, going into, 
um, a facility, so to speak. No, I wouldn't say facility because most guys would be like, that's jail. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know. Exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but it is just really great that uh, you're doing it because there's just, like I say, there's not enough men out there that are standing up and, you know, being that voice for them, you know, for that. Yeah, we, I notice that a lot with the men that actually come into the group, especially with um, older men, because I think younger men are given more of an opportunity now, which is beautiful to be their true self, right? To be emotional. Uh, I think young men are probably uh, more confused than ever on how to be a man in this world. And for good reason, right? Because for a long time, I think we were taught to be a man that's not really a man. Like, you know what I mean? To be a macho man, to be the idea of what we saw men being in the 90s or the 80s. That just doesn't work anymore because it's not healthy for you. There's only so long you can do that unless you're dead inside. That that will actually last, right? And just with the vibrancy of the planet and the shifts that are happening, I mean, I don't think that that is a sustainable way of living anymore. And I think that we see that in our outside world as well. Um, so to be a caring, loving man, I actually had this experience when I went to a men's circle, uh, of my own, that was such an amazing feeling. Cause I felt like I had to be this guy, right? Like I had to be this warrior and I am a warrior in my own way, but it doesn't have to look a certain way. Like I had this idea of like, okay, I'm this man. So I gotta be, you know, whew, I gotta be here and I gotta be present, like hard. And it's like, I love being present and all that stuff, but it didn't have to look in this idea that I had it when I saw this one man sharing. And he was just this kind soul. Like he was this beautiful, lighthearted, loving being. And he was present and he was strong. And he had all these things, these characteristics. And I'm going, but it doesn't, it, it wasn't in the little boxes that I had them in, right? Mm -hmm. So for men to discover that, I think is something that I really, I really hope they find in our group mm -hmm. is that, you are enough. Mm. You, in all your beauty, you don't have to look like Sylvester Stallone. If you want to, and that's who you are as a loving man, then that's awesome. But if you're a kind, gentle man, you can still have power and presence, right? Like there's, yeah, it's just taking it out of the paradigms, I guess. You know, you talk a lot about men, but what would you say to a teenage boy who is, can't, tend to cope with his feelings and he's starting to dabble in drugs and alcohol what would you what would you say to a boy like that wow man i would ask myself what i would say to myself and i would say that i love you <laughs> i would say that i love you and i would hold him accountable uh it's a big thing when i talk about and when i talk about men guys i'm talking about anybody who identifies as a man too right like this is it's the masculine and feminine essence dance that's in all of us and, and on this planet most of us are predominantly male or female depending if you're a man or a woman but you know um but holding someone accountable is a great gift and probably the hardest thing you're going to do if you're a parent or somebody right like it's that ability to be like man i love you so much i see what you're going through i see you i see you and i hear you and this is a safe place for you to come to but i will hold you accountable to the things that you're doing right these we don't just wash them off the bat either uh and that doesn't mean punishment i mean like everybody's got their own way i'm not going to get into parenting or anything like that or for young men especially but to be able to say hey you know those boundary settings right like maybe okay you know that's unacceptable to me we i'm, I'm not going to go there with you i love you so much and i'm here if you need to talk but you can't do these certain things to me and stuff like that i wish i had like a, a an open answer to you like because i i recognize that if i was talking to myself as a kid 
that's all I could do and then allow the chips to fall, right? Because everybody's got their own journey. Mm -hmm. And I can see where I came to at the age of 32. And I'm pretty grateful I had the life that I had. <laughs> and you couldn't have told me that when I was doing a bunch of drugs and alcohol at 17, 14, right? Whenever it started, you just, you couldn't tell me that. Um, I was way too hurt and I didn't know I was hurt, right? And I can tell you that if someone just sits in front of you present and open and says that I love you, it gives someone way more of an opportunity to tell you that they're hurt than the other thing. Mm -hmm. Cause the other thing is just trying to kind of, you know, what do you say? Like tame somebody or teach them and that sort of thing, which I guess doesn't yeah. work. But yeah, no, when I do say men, I do mean young men as well. Right. We have young men that come to our group on the call the other night, we had two young men and it was like amazing. Like I'm seeing these young men acting like men, men, and when I say men, I just mean like a maturity that I'm amazed at. I think kids are just way more mature than they used to be. I, I don't think I would have talked the way that they're talking. Do you know what I mean? Like their, their openness and their availability and like their, their wanting, their willingness. Like we did, a, we did a quick exercise, a process around, um, and I won't get too deep into it, but it was pretty big on finding, you know, your, your relationship with the world and the relationship with yourself. And to hear the honesty that one of the men brought was amazing right and he's 24 years old like I was just like it's, it's crazy so I just think people are way more open to it these days than they used to be I did want to go back to what Mel had to say because um I know that she's you know we're we're parents we're moms uh we're you know dads that have kids that are coming up with those emotions and you know something you shared in the beginning of your story which is really profound what happened to you in in the middle of the wrath of your hurt um is your dad came and didn't scold you, didn't do anything, but he sat and he just said, son, what can I do to help? And yeah. I think that's really important for us to remember when we're dealing with those people, you know, anybody in addiction or regardless of age, um, sometimes after a really bad uh, night or run, I know for myself, and I'm sure all of us here on the panel can actually relate when we've done, like when we're in that darkness, there's right. nobody beating ourselves up more than our own selves mm -hmm. yes sometimes with the family and it's scary there, man it is and having those families out there yeah. um, what can i do what can i do to save my kid my husband my dad my you know is just love them and make them accountable like you yeah. said so thanks for pointing that out yeah no it's beautiful right i i don't know like about you guys like i'd love to hear like how you guys feel about it but i like that kind of like ended the game for me like before it was almost a game like okay like my dad's gonna yell at me I just got to figure out how I'm going to fix this and pay him back. And like, everything will be okay. And it was just like this wrench in the whole bullshit scheme. Right. Like it was just like this quick, like, Holy fuck. What? Like it was this human moment, right. Where your father just sits with you and honestly asks you like, yo, what can I do to help? Like it, it's shocking. It's shocking mm -hmm. to anybody. The truth is shocking to anybody's bullshit. Mm -hmm. And that's like a beautiful moment. Right. And when I say bullshit, I don't mean from a negative place. I just mean like it ends the, it ends the cycle, that moment of truth. Yeah, for sure. I know unconditional love changed my entire existence on this planet. Like it just changed who I was as a human being loved through the, the shittiest, hor most horrible things I could think of doing to somebody and them holding me and saying like, I'm so glad you don't have to hold that in anymore. I'm so glad that's out. I'm so glad you're getting help and like loving me through that and being able to be honest with someone and still receive love was just like game changer everything changed right. from that moment on and I was finally able to understand how God loves me because I, I couldn't get it before that point 
I was just right. like, I'd never witnessed it, so I didn't know it was possible. And then I finally understood it. I was like, oh my gosh, like unconditional love is a thing. It's possible. And yeah, it was a game changer. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I love how you uh, uh, talk about the man and the masculine side and the feminine side. And, uh, you know, as far as identity of whatever you identify, but each one, each human, regardless of what's between the legs, so to speak, (laughs) uh, (laughs) has, has that feminine side and has that masculine side, even us as women, right? And I think that's important. Yeah. And that's what I, I, again, love the fact that you are tapping into both. So it's not discriminatory for anybody out there who's like, wait a minute. (laughs) Um, You know, uh, I think it's wonderful too. Mm -hmm. For sure. And, you know, like me developing my masculine actually was a big thing for me. It was almost easier for me to kind of, because I'm so creative, right? And like doing the artistic work and stuff like that, which I mean, I won't go into the whole thing. We study um, David Dita's teachings on this for the masculine and feminine essence for our group. So if anybody's interested, you can look this up because it is a pretty big conversation to have as well as there's lots of um, literature on it. Um, but for me to develop my, uh, masculine essence was a big thing for me. And actually another real big reason I'm sure I was attracted to doing this work, right. And doing this, uh, sort of thing. So yeah. And everybody, everybody has masculine, feminine, you may be predominant in one, obviously on this planet, like we all are, I'm sure in this room, mm-hmm. uh, to one or the other, but we both dance, right. We both dance and it's important that we are healthy in both of them, which creates a balance and a healthiness to our planet. And I think that's been the issue is that men have had a, I don't even know where the idea comes from, but this idea that's just not true of like what a man is supposed to be. And it has freaked women out, (laughs) right? Like this idea of like this oppression and like this weird thing that happened for the last, I don't even know how many years. And it's just not true. We're supposed to be dancing together. Mm-hmm. Because we dance with the energies within ourselves. And once we can find that true harmonious balance and be, you know, who we really are, that will come out to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. This just has to because it's inside of us and therefore within. That's why so I, I, I was so, so excited to have you on because, of course, I'm a generation that is what you're talking about. And, uh, you know, my, my upbringing, my father's um, generation and even my generation with men, men are men, you know, it's almost. Uh, yes and uh showing those emotions in private and what are you saying that out there for what you you know like keep it behind the doors um is something that's really challenging this generation i'm in right what what's happening of the younger version our children are coming up now and 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 talking emotions and doing things that would have never been done in my generation (laughs) and uh, really beautiful seeing the change and the shift you know, of um, people just around myself, how uh, my dad and my family and, you know, things are, 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 are shifting because more and more we're getting open. We're taking a lid off of that suppression, which is right. freaking amazing. That's the first step, right? It's just talk about it and share our testimonies, and share our journeys to make it, you know, so we're not living in this isolation and this fear. Yes. Yeah. Big time, especially living on this planet, right? We, we, yeah. I think that's, it's a really important conversation right now, especially because women's movement is, is happening really, really quickly and has kind of dominated everything. And there's a lot of men out there that's like, oh, I don't fit into this stereotype. I don't hate women. I don't want to oppress them. I want to be an ally to them. I want to like support them. But um, 
there's kind of like a backlash against men's rights and and what they're going through as well. And it was kind of, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. We talked to um, Richard Lett a little while ago and he's talking about going and doing this show about men's health because it's not talked about a lot. And, you know, a lot of men have harder jobs and they go to work and they get injured and now they're ending up on opiates more than women and they're ending up on the streets more right. than women, and their suicide rates are a lot higher because they don't have support. They can't talk about stuff. And so I really love that we're bringing this out into the open and getting it to our audience. Like there's support for men out there um, and you can be vulnerable and, and get together and gather and share with each other. Like that's got to be the conversation as well because everything's changing so quickly in our culture and I, I know a lot of men, especially young men, probably are finding a hard, a hard time finding their place and, and where they belong in that narrative. Hmm. Right. Yeah, it's totally like, you know, like I said, right, the, uh, the backlash of these years of just, just unbalanced that we've had. It's totally natural. And like the young men that are coming in right now are totally ready for it. That's my feel. I mean, you know, I don't think, like we say, God, nothing happens by mistake. Spirit's given us this time. The energy's there. And these young men, men are powerful men. Like when I see young men in my group share, and I've had a few of them now, you're just like, whoa, like you guys are ready to go. Like you guys are ready for this. Like you, you, you're open and you're willing to receive, right? And they're wanting to care. And it's, it's funny because it's the most confusing time to be a young man, but the young men are ready to go. That's my vibe. I feel like they're ready to really do the work and, and, and be in it. So, yeah. I was going to, I was going to touch on uh, Suzanne's point about um, the older generations. Uh, in your point of view, do you think that they're, you know, making more of a movement movement to talk about their emotions or do you think they're just staying the same? Uh yeah, well, like the, the men that come to my group are definitely ready, right? Like I've noticed that, like obviously we attract people that are ready. Um, do I think all men are? I think that, yeah, like I think that they have to be, otherwise you're bearing down on the old stuff. Like it's just, it's uh, in my experience at least of talking to men, the conversations that I'm having with you girls right now and the conversations I'm having with the men in the men's group is a lot of the conversations I'm having with men in the world now. Like my good friends that I grew up with high school that I you know maybe didn't used to think the way that I'm thinking now like we're just more open to having these conversations and I think because it has to be right like we're all in recognition that what we were doing wasn't right I think everybody's like that whether you bear down it on it or not or you're being ignorant towards it I mean what we were doing wasn't right like our planet's completely out of balance like our you know the relationships with women like everybody's just feeling a little bit more of a tug you can't lie to yourself anymore so I feel like yeah men are definitely ready and the men that have come to my group it's been amazing because I see them talking and they're just like, whoa. And like, and you can tell it's all new for them. This is actually really interesting bringing it up is like the young men look like the babies in the group, whereas the young men, or sorry, the old men look like the babies in the group, whereas the young men look like the mature adults ready to do this work, right? Because they're uh, the older men are the ones that are undoing all the, the programming and the training and stuff like that. Uh, but then you see their eyes light up and you see them get it, right? And you see them just love and like, dudes, I, I know, like, I forget this because I just grew up doing it. But to see a guy who's 40, 50 years old be allowed to bring his shit to a group and emote, like maybe just cry. I forget sometimes how much that means to that person because I've just had it my whole life, right? Like how much that actually means to somebody who's probably been told, don't cry, don't cry, don't ever show that emotion, it's weak. And you're not weak. And to say that to somebody and say to someone, you're okay, right? This is, uh, yeah, it's something I'm witnessing in the older men that uh, is really beautiful. At least the ones that I'm coming in contact with, so. 
This is so good. I feel like we could talk to you all night long. <laughs> is there a song? All night. We just shut it. <laughs> we haven't even gotten to the fact that we are all just one, and this is all just spirit, and it's beautiful. But that's for another day and another level. That's great. That's great. Uh, we just want to thank you so much for uh, coming oh, on and sharing. And we want to know how can our listeners get a hold of you? Uh, okay, so you can go on. We're on Instagram, so our, oh my God, I gotta get better at promoting this. So we're on Instagram and Facebook. We have the Conscious Brotherhood. So it's called the Conscious Brotherhood. Uh, you can join us on Instagram. You can also join us on Facebook, as well as if you're interested in coming to the group, you can call White Lotus Divine Healing, and we'll be doing the group every second and fourth Tuesday of the month at seven o'clock. As well as right now, during this time that we're all staying indoors, I'm gonna be doing a weekly Zoom meeting at five o'clock every Tuesday night. So if you are interested, you can contact me personally. We can put um, an email address or contact information in our show notes. That's great. So I'll put all that information there. You guys can contact us there. Awesome. I'm so excited. And you're saying like the Zoom meetings are actually kind of really interesting and, and working out very well. Yeah, they're great, man. I just think people are ready to talk. Have you guys noticed this? Like this whole thing where we have to stay indoors is making us connect more than ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, I noticed that with the group last week. I was just like, wow, man, everyone's just coming in and bringing it. I didn't know how it was going to go. I thought it was just going to be like a quick little share thing. And we had a two hour meeting and it was amazing. So yeah, I think people just really want to connect and, and are willing to, to talk about their stuff. So. Well, that's so beautiful. Thank you so much for coming out and sharing your story and what you're doing and how you're finding your purpose through your recovery. And um, we're so grateful to have you here today. Mm -hmm. Girls, I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. We are thrilled to have you as a part of this community and we are really trying to grow and reach more people. So there's a lot of ways you can get involved. Um, one is going to our website. There's some really great resources there. Yes. And the most exciting part is checking out those GIFs. Or what do you call them? GIFs. I call them GIFs. You call them GIFs, whatever. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're actually enjoying your sober life and you're going and you're posting on your Instagram, please just go to Seek Purpose and check them all out and tag us. Yeah. I want to see what you guys are doing out there in sober life. Yeah, we also have filters actually we've been putting out as well. There's so much you can do um, through so social media with Seek Purpose, like like, comment, share, all of our posts, really get involved with this community. There's so much help out there for you and so much connection here we've been finding. Yeah, and you know, the one thing that we have learned in recovery is asking for help. So we're gonna ask for help and just become a patron mm -hmm. and come help be a part of this community and help it grow. And uh, we'd love to have you. If you want to become a patron, we have a link on our website that you can click. And there's some really cool perks of becoming a patron with Seek Purpose. So we hope you check that out. And obviously, if you review this podcast on whatever podcasting app you're listening to, it's going to help us reach more ears and get that message out of recovery. Mm -hmm. Stay tuned. We have so much more in store. And uh, as our, our little community grows, our collective there's exciting things that are happening that are coming out uh, that we can't wait for you to be involved with. So stay tuned and uh, stay connected. <laughs>